1: Today, this portion of Focus Fox Valley brought to you by Sturdivant and Associates. You'll find them at 500 North Commercial Street in Nina. You can call Eric or Carl if you have any questions about Medicare or financial planning. Turning 65, maybe you need some advice about Medicare. That advice is always. Free. So give Eric or Carl a call, 920-969-1956, or you can visit them in the old train station depot in Nina. I'm broadcasting today from the Myron Construction Studios. Lots of great conversations about your community coming up in our number two of the show. Details on the Community First Fox Cities Marathon. That weekend is quickly approaching. And we've got some updates on which races are still available for you to participate in. I'll also tell you how my training has been going. And uh, spoiler alert, I have not been getting out and have not been running as much as I'd like to. But we still have some time. So we'll talk more with race officials about the Fox Cities Marathon and the weekend and yeah, what you need to know. All in our number two. Also in hour number two of the show, Volunteer Fox City's joining us. And on Thursday, they've got a really cool event. It is their Give Back Bash. And it's a, an outdoor block party to celebrate all things volunteering. It's open to the public. We'll fill you in on the celebration and some wonderful volunteering opportunities as well. That is in hour number two of the show. Right now though, we are welcoming you into the show and our Settlers Bank phone lines are open 281-1150 to, to talk all things technology today with our friend John Ross. Good morning, John. Welcome back to Focus Fox Valley.
2: Good morning, Haley. I hope you can hear me clearly.
1: Yes, we can. Loud and clear. Where where are you? Excellent. Where are you in the world today?
2: No, I'm actually in Appleton getting ready for a Balloon event tonight over at Darboy Park for all the neighborhood. We're going to put about five or six balloons up and let the children enjoy the show.
1: Oh, that sounds like something I might need to alert my uh, my, my spouse to. How fun.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll be setting the balloons up, oh, quarter to six, six o'clock, thereabouts. So we do this every year along with the, uh, I, I'm not sure if it's the Qantas or the JCs, but somebody over there. They do a, a, a nice little fall party. We had to cancel from last week because of the weather, so we're doing it tonight instead.
1: Excellent, excellent. Were you at Burger Fest then last Friday doing the balloon go- glow there? Absolutely,
2: yeah, absolutely. Really enjoyed the crowds. We it was nice to get out after over oh, thirteen or fourteen months to get the get my new balloon out and get out there in front of a couple thousand people, and we did. Glows and flights, and uh, I think everybody was a happy camper over the course of the weekend.
1: Yeah, some perfect weather on Friday. So, yes, ideal, ideal stuff. Well, we are talking all things... Oh, we want to talk a little about technology. Yeah, we're going to talk technology today, and our our listeners are welcome to join in as well. If you've got a question for John, he is the guy. He's the guy to ask those questions too. if you're curious about a specific product out there or maybe a gift idea for a family member. Again, John's the guy. So give us a call today, 281-1150. And John brought up a really good uh, topic of conversation to get things rolling, and one that... As as a mom of, of, of two little ones, my biggest fear is, is, you know, breaking of equipment, breaking of things, and we're talking about maybe how we can protect some of those shiny new gadgets that we get our hands on,
2: huh? You got that right, Hilly. I can't tell you, with eight granddaughters, two grandsons, uh, I'm always watching the technology go flying by, get <laughs> dropped, water, things spilled on it, whatever, and I'm going, okay, Is it a phone? Is it a tablet? Is is it whatever device it might be? And so it's the slowest time of the year for new technology to roll out. We're not ready for the Christmas channel yet, thank God. And uh, so I thought it would be nice to just talk about what do you want to do to protect all this new tech that you just purchased? What should be some common mental checklists as you walk into the store or you go online or however you're purchasing it? Uh, What do you want to use to guard that new purchase? For example... If, if I was going to put a case on a phone or an iPad, for example, um, I would look at companies like Catalyst, for example, who make a, a wide range of, of cases. You can go into any one of the cell phone providers, and they'll have a line of cases from different manufacturers. Catalyst happens to be one of the biggest and the best at it, but um, what what kind of criteria are you looking for? You, sh- you need to be an educated consumer when you're online or you're in the store. Do you want your case to be... A standard drop case that you can drop it from five feet from the kitchen table without cracking that brand new $1,200 phone or the new $1,400 iPad or whatever. Or do you want it, for example, uh, uh, do you want it to be waterproof? Do you, how deep a waterproof do you want it to be? Are, do you live next to a river where the the water is 10 feet deep and somebody's going to drop something off the dock and you want it to be, have a 33-foot uh, water protection? Those kinds of things are all questions you should be asking before you purchase that device. And when you put a case, in, I always love this. When you buy a phone, they always advertise how small and thin the phone is. But then right away, you put a case on it. And then you add a cover to the, to the front face to protect the glass. But that is cheap insurance. When you think about what it costs for that device, or just the inconvenience of replacing it, even if you have a warranty. It's much better to say, oh, I dropped it, there's no problem with it, and keep going. Or it fell off the canoe or the kayak into five feet of water, and it's still okay. So as you go to buy this technology, you need to have a strategy that says, if I'm going to invest this kind of money for a little bit more, I'm going to have a lot of peace of mind. You really want to put a case around the device, and you really want to make sure, if it's necessary, is it waterproof? And you also want to make sure that the screen, which is the most common thing broken, is protected with a very cheap piece of insurance. A 30 40 or $50 glass piece for it will save you hundreds of dollars, if not thousands, and it will also save you a lot of grief. So I just want people to think when they purchase tech, how am I going to protect it from not only from me, but from my children, my grandchildren, mm-hmm. from friends, from accidents, and this should be part of your strategy when you purchase technology. And I've mentioned in my message to you, people buy cameras and they buy lenses and they, all oh, they're really getting into photography. And all of a sudden, you spent an enormous amount of money on a new lens. And the cheapest piece of insurance you can buy is a $10 or $12 UV filter. All it does is produce a little better blue sky, but more importantly, It puts a lens in front of the lens. So when the lens gets impacted, that filter breaks, not your multi-thousand-dollar lens or hundreds-of-dollar lens. So very cheap insurance. And as you buy technology, you should be thinking about that all the time.
1: Some great advice. Some great advice. We're talking with John Ross today, all things technology. Let's take a short break, but we'll come back and talk more about how we can protect those new gadgets we've just received. Back with more right after this. And welcome back to Focus Our guest in this first hour of the show is John Ross, all things technology. And, John, we do have a caller who has been waiting patiently on the line to check in with us today. We have Carol joining us this morning. Hello, Carol. Thanks for hanging on. Thanks for taking my call. Hi, how are you? Good. You're on with John Ross.
3: I have a question.
1: All right, go ahead.
3: Okay, go ahead. Okay. Okay. I'm wondering how common it is for your Internet to get disrupted and having to reset the router. And before I call the provider to make my comments, I wanted to be a little more informed. Um, Would it help to buy our own router something out there maybe that's more powerful? Or um, I'm just not sure what the problem is. Okay, well, it's
2: really hard to troubleshoot that kind of problem over the air like this, but I can give you some general leads anyways.
3: Uh, how old is your router? Well, I don't know. It was provided by Spectrum. Okay, all right. Well, personally,
2: in my opinion, you're much better off with your own personal router. You can customize it, tailor it to what your needs are. For example, okay, uh, just a techie term, but I use a mesh router system, which is, Three routers in the house, they all talk to each other. It's quite common now. You can go in any one of the box stores and buy them. And basically, they all share their resources, so nobody ever has to buffer up, and it works just seamlessly. Whereas a provider such as Spectrum is going to give you a standard router that you're all you're banging on that one router, and it's going to try to handle all the myriad of devices that you may be adding to your house without you being aware of it. So I always say to people that you're better off with your own router that meets your needs, and you can go to any one of the box stores, talk to the people, and say, listen, this is what I have. I have a two-story home. I have a one-story home. I need a, I need a router. I need wireless out in the garage. I don't need it, whatever. And they could customize a router that will fit you. Plus, technology has been changing so rapidly in the networking arena that the, the router you have from, in this case, Spectrum, could have been designed five, six, seven years ago, and you really need sure. to be an upgrade then. Okay. Okay, so that's a general so answer you, to your question,
3: but I'd go, I'd go shopping I, if I were you. Okay, and I understand you can't analyze all, everything from there, but um, you do think it stems from the router?
2: Most of the time that's exactly right, because what happens is the the, the provider brings you a, a, a device to bring in the the Internet to the house, and then that feeds your router, and then the router spreads it out to all the rest of your devices in your home and that you're carrying with you, whatever. So. Uh, 99% of the problems are going to lie with the router itself. Okay?
3: Okay. Well, we'll start there, right. and um, hopefully somebody at one of those stores can help us out and give us some sound advice. Thank you, though, so much for your help. I appreciate it.
2: Okay.
1: Thank you for the right. call, Have Carol. a good day.
3: You too. Bye-bye.
1: Two eight one eleven fifty. Yeah, restarting that router, John. I have been in that same position um, where my husband oh, and I over almost, and over again. Yeah, yes, rock I know. paper scissors <laughs> off the couch. Who's going to do it this time?
2: <laughs> well, here's the other thing. While people are listening to this conversation, even if you have an existing router, when's the last time you went out to that router's website and said, "Update my firmware"? And the, the companies are continuously upgrading the software for the router that you bought two years ago that was sitting on the shelf for a year. So the technology that's in your router is three years old, but if you go online to their website, whatever the brand manufacturer it is, and say, update my firmware, it'll actually update your system so now it has the current software that's necessary to make that router sing and dance.
3: Hmm. Okay? Yeah.
1: I can't tell you, John, the last time we looked (laughs) at our our router, so I I think I've got a project for the weekend. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) well here's another
2: one for you since we we came down this track i might as well finish it off is many times people own a modem that comes from the manufacturer the spectrum or somebody and then the modem feeds the signal to the router when was the last time the motor was looked the modem was looked at call the provider and say listen i have a modem from you that you gave me four years ago when i moved into my home is there a replacement for it is there an upgrade to it and quite frankly most times they've They'll send you another one, you send the old one back, and now you've got an updated modem that's feeding the signal to the router. And I know that's a lot of techie talk, but the, the, the thing I want to leave people with is you need to start investing in yourself, and if you buy the technology, realize it's old on the shelf to begin with, you need to keep it updated.
1: Good advice. Good that make sense? Yes, it does make yeah. sense. All right, we are okay. talking. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah
2: you want me to continue on, or what's what's
1: going on, Haley? Well, we, we can take a pause here. I know we do have a garden bite to get to, and I'll toss out our phone number one more time if listeners are looking to talk or chat with John Ross today. 281-1150 on that Settlers Bank phone line. And, John, why don't we take a break here, and we can come back and continue with uh, talking about protecting our gadgets. And I've got a question for you, actually, about when you are maybe purchasing that brand-new Phone or or gadget? Uh, should you maybe shop around for a, a, a personalized uh, case, or is it best to buy in store? That's a question that I've got for you, John. So let's come back to that after we take a break. Here, you're listening to Focus Fox Valley on WHBY. And we are back talking. John Ross, All Things Technology on this Wednesday, August 18th. Welcome back to the show there, John. Okay. And I, I do have a question uh, because I don't make it to, for example, I'll talk about my cell phone here. I don't get a cell phone probably as frequently as some people do. I think I'm on every three to four years here. Uh, but when I'm in store, it feels like sometimes uh, I, I'm, I'm being urged or suggested to buy the cases in-store or, or the protections on the phone in the store? And I've, I've always kind of said, oh, I'm going to hold off and, and, and shop and shop around. Is that a good choice or should I take advantage of the cases that's that a, they have in-store? Yeah.
2: That's a great choice. Uh, my son used to work in the retail side of Best Buy and now he's on the Geek store outside of the house. But uh, basically uh, what I learned about the industry watching him and all that was that pretty much Anytime you buy something like that, the aftermarket, if you want to call it that, or the after sale from the original purchase, is where they make a lot of markup and a lot of money. And so uh, you need to walk into a store. Let's say I, I just bought it like you. I don't my upgrade my phone every, about every third or fourth year. When I went in and bought my iPhone Pro 12 Max, I, I knew I was spending an awful lot of money, but I also had done my homework ahead of time and I knew what kind of devices I wanted to put on to protect it. For example, I like a Catalyst case, you know, C-A-T-A-Y-L-S-T, whatever it is, Catalyst. And uh, I like the cases because of their reputation and my experience with them. But I also like, for example, a Zag and Business Shield. And if you go into any phone store, almost every one of them is going to try to sell you something very similar to that. And you as a consumer need to know what you want, what do you want to do, what, what do you want to protect, and what's it going to cost offline as well as at the store. And I think your strategy of saying, I'm going to go back and check on it, is good. However, let me temper that with, it's actually great, let me temper it with, uh, you need to get a, a cover on that screen ASAP, and you need to get a case around that device as soon as possible. You can't let that drag out a week or two because that's when accidents will happen. So when you walk in the store, know that you're buying a phone or a tablet you're going to have to have a case around it and you're also going to have to have a screen protector and have some idea of the ones that you like. Mm -hmm. Um, The reason I like Zag InvisiShield, and I haven't looked at one for a couple of years, but I don't have to. That's the reason why. Once you buy a device and you put that Zag Shield on your screen, that shield is good for the life of that device. I remember in one year, because of ballooning and all that, I was very hard on my phones. I replaced that shield four times, at no cost to me. So uh, you need to understand, be a, uh, an educated consumer of how these protection devices, how much they're going to cost, and how good is the warranty on them, and that's what you should be purchasing.
1: Hmm. I need a shield on my phone. I actually just noticed a couple weeks ago. I have the tiniest little scratch in my in my screen, and mm-hmm. I don't want that to yeah. get any bigger. Yeah. So.
2: You, you really want to put a shield on it. it's the cheapest insurance you can get for a very expensive piece of technology. by the way, I think I said this month last month, but in case I didn't, we no longer own phones. we own computational photography devices that happen <laughs> to have a phone application right okay so you're 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 building all this technology into a device and you want to protect it. It's as simple as that yeah it's the same as your computer I, I mentioned in my phone my message to you last night was that Basically, when people buy technology, they should have a good backup strategy, and that strategy should be automated where you don't have to do a darn thing because you're going to forget to do it or procrastinate. And same thing with your when you buy the technology, you ask the salesperson, hey, I'm buying this new laptop or I'm buying this new tablet. What do I need for virus protection? Is it already bundled with with the sales of the device? What do I need for malware protection? Is it bundled with the sale of the device? And if not, you need to do your homework ahead of time because it's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when something's going to attack that device that you have. In today's Unfortunately, in today's technology world, there are some really bad people out there that scan automatically millions of systems an hour looking for an, an entrance. And if you don't have a virus protection system, and if you don't have a malware protection that protects you automatically, that you don't have to do anything to make it happen, that's what you need to have on your device. Most most computers, that you buy a laptop today, for example, it's going to come bundled with the package. But you want to make sure it's there. You want to make sure it's activated before you walk out the store then. Okay? Okay.
1: 281 is the number on our Settlers Bank phone lines. We do have a caller joining us now, and we have... Raleigh joining us. Good morning.
3: Good morning. I'm on the highway so I can't hear very well. You can hear me all right. Yes, go ahead. I have a question the question I have is uh, I use my cell phone as a mobile hotspot to go on the internet because I don't go on a real lot. And it's finding I'm getting slower and slower as far as the speed is concerned. The major?
2: Okay. Uh, go ahead. Right, you're yeah. really breaking up, but I think I caught what you were saying. You're using your phone as a mobile hotspot, and it's getting slower and slower. That's because you're yeah. at, you're adding more and more applications into a very small memory system. Uh, the, the, the the phone nowhere has near the capacity that you have on your desktop, for example, or, or on your laptop. But, um The phone is designed to be, uh, I call it the emergency hotspot in my case. I I normally use Wi-Fi. Whenever I'm around Wi-Fi, I use a Wi-Fi. But if I can't find Wi-Fi, then it goes to the phone. And if I'm someplace, especially ballooning, where there is no Wi-Fi capability, then I turn on that device and I turn on the hotspot. But um, there's no telling how long that hotspot's going to hold up for you based on the number of applications that you have running in the background on your phone. And so uh, you really don't want to rely on that as a day-to-day, your Internet connection. You really want to try to get on Wi-Fi as much as possible with the appropriate protections, but also use the Wi-Fi first. That hotspot is there when you can't find a signal anyplace else. But it shouldn't be your standard day in and day out, the way you ramp up on the
3: Internet. That's the way I do this. I, uh, not, uh, I don't have uh, cable service. You I am not getting it, uh, Haley. I can't Yeah.
2: I, I'm getting like one word out of ten out of this. Sorry.
3: Yeah. I'm on <laughs> so I'll just hang up and listen then. Thanks for that information.
1: We appreciate the call, Raleigh. And again, if, if you want to maybe send us an email, go to WHBY.com and click on Focus Fox Valley. If you send me an email, I'll make sure that it gets to John. But yeah, mobile hotspots uh, they can be really convenient. But yeah, if they are uh, if they're slow, um, it makes sense that maybe some applications on the phone or 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 lo- large large you know gigabytes taking up space on the phone. That makes sense.
2: You don't know, for example, what the phone is doing in the background. You might be having some applications that are running in the background that yeah. are taking up parts of memory, and, and they'll come back and tell you that you need to shut this one down because it's consuming too much. Well, if you're also trying to use that phone for a mobile hotspot, that's taking up a lot of power too. So you, there's, it's, it's a delicate balance, and it's really not built to be the the mainstream Internet on-ramp for you. That, if you're using it that way, you're always going to be running into situations that are going to be challenging.
1: So when maybe your phone pops up, John, and it says, you know, storage is is getting tight, you can get rid of X, Y, and Z here to free up space, should we be doing that routinely just as a you know standard practice and, and, and a, in, good, in good space to make space?
3: The
2: answer is yes, and I wish, and they won't do it. I have no idea why it's been asked for by generations of people in the business here in the technology that I've been involved with for 40 years is have a one button that says close everything down. Mm. Just shut everything down completely and let me start out clean. They don't do that, and they, they do it for a lot of variety of reasons we don't have time to get into today. So I periodically on the evening, for example, at night, I will sit there and just go through my phone and shut down all these apps that I either I launched and even know I launched during the course of the day And all of a sudden, my phone starts to sing and dance and work a lot more efficiently because you have to realize that that RAM or random access memory is like a living room. And the more more applications you have running, the less room there is to move around in that living room. So you really want to get unused applications deleted. And there are methodologies, whether you're Android or whether you're iPhone, to uh, automate that closing down sequence, that you're not using the app, you don't need to have it running in the background because it's taking up space on your on your computer, which your phone is. It's a computer. And so people need to get more involved with their technology to understand how they can make it work better for them. Even though you may be computer illiterate, the phones today are so easy to work with that will walk you right through the process of saying I only want this to be active when I want it, not Just because it always wants to be there for me that's the worst way to have it because it's consuming your technology then okay
1: okay all right great reminders i'm literally going through my phone as we speak john and deleting some apps that i haven't used (laughs) in about six months so thank you for the reminder and there's the reminder to all of you as
2: well yeah
1: we're talking with john ross
2: you know the fellow go ahead
1: Well, we do need to take a break here, John, so hold that thought. Hold that thought. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll come back and wrap up the hour here with John Ross in just a moment. And we are back talking with John Ross, All Things Technology, on this Wednesday. John, did you hold your thought?
2: Yeah, I did. I did. I was listening to that solo there, and it it led me to what I was saying to you in the message there about uh, whatever your technology you're going to use, get it out of your hands. We want to. I think I wrote myself a sentence. I said, now let's protect you and those around you from that technology. Mm -hmm. So, for example, uh, I've been using RAM mounts since the '90s. They're they're the standard of the industry, essentially. For, for mounting things, whether you're going to mount them in your boat or you're going to mount them in your car or you're going to mount them in your airplane, you're going to mount them in your balloon, you're going to mount them on your bicycle. Ram mounts is pretty much the you, – you, you get this device that looks like a double-ended barbell, essentially, and from there, everything branches out from there, and they have a whole ecosystem of mounts. So whatever technology you have, get it out of your hands, especially when you're driving or you're boating – or you're flying. In mm-hmm. my case, for example, I have a mount that clamps onto my tank, and then my pad sits right on top of that. I'm not. I don't have to hold it or do anything with it. And when I'm getting ready to land in Albuquerque, where there's you know 500 balloons flying, I can see where people are at, where the zones are, where I shouldn't be flying to, things like that. But get the technology out of your hands. Ram mounts. Just check them out online. Uh, over the last few months, we've talked about scotches. Yeah, SCO, SDHE, Scotch. They make a, just a literally a ton of different types of devices to get the technology out of your hand. My father in law once told me, I i was crazy enough to move here from Hawaii back in, in the 80s. And uh, the first thing my, my father in law told me was, anytime after August 15th, you better make sure you have an emergency kit in your trunk in your car. You never can tell with the weather in Wisconsin. And I've laughed over the years, and it's true. I've actually had it where In Arizona, in February, I got up one morning and I had two inches of ice on my windshield. So, I mean, uh, I was saying to myself, what do I need to have in my car? And I came across this on Scotia's website. It's called a Power Up 600 Torch. It basically is a huge flashlight, a power bank that charges all your devices, like 2.4 amps, which means it'll even charge your tablet. Mm -hmm. And it also has a set of jumper cables. And they all fit inside this nice little black case. Guess what? It fits in my trunk. And so basically, if I break down on the road, I've got a flashlight. If I run out of power, i got power. If I need to jump not only a gas but a 2.0 diesel, I've got a diesel capacity. It's like 600 amps or what milliamps, really, they call that thing. Uh, but the bottom line is here's a, here's a package of technology that you don't want to use. But when you do want it, it's in a little case in the trunk of your car. So just like you protect your devices, yeah. I'm protecting the technology of my automobile because I have the ability to, if I break down the road, i got an emergency flashlight. I've got a power bank. I can charge my dead phone. Uh, I've got a jumper cable to, to ch- jump the car and get going down the road. And all of this for less than $100 can't go wrong. Yeah. So what I'm trying to say to people today is, Whatever your technology is, you've invested a lot of money in it, and you need to protect it and make it work for you, what I'm trying to say. Hmm. Okay?
1: That's great advice. Is it too early to buy for my daughter for when she turns 16? That seems like a great present to give a new driver. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that, to me, this is a, a ultimate under-the-Christmas-tree uh-huh. present for a lot of... i got those eight granddaughters. They're all going to grow up and start driving. This is the kind of thing that I'd love to see them have in their cars. Um it, the technology needs to get out of your hand and be seamless for you to utilize, whether it be by voice or by uh, by hands-on. But I, uh, I know we've got just a few moments, but I'm testing one right now called a NUI. It's a video doorbell, but it's also um, Alexa and Google Assistant enabled, so you can talk to it rather than have to go up and touch it even. Mm. And my phone... When you ring my doorbell, my phone lights up and I open the phone up and there's you live, daily, talking to me with a video picture. And you're saying, hi, John, I'm here to drop this package off for you. But the technology is there. You want the technology to work for you rather than you work for it. And if you keep that idea in your mind, as you move and start to acquire more and more technology around you, Make sure the technology works for you and that you're protecting your investment. That was the whole theme of today. The investment might be you if it's, if it's malware or antivirus software. Right. The investment might be your $1,280 iPhone, whatever. But for a little piece of money invested, you get a lot of peace of mind. Yeah. And that's what I want to leave people with today.
1: That's a great way to end today and I think maybe for next time, John, maybe we talk home security. That's a great maybe teaser to next month. I know I've got questions on how Absolutely. to on how to protect your home. so uh, always great information, always great advice from you, John Ross. thank you for taking a moment with us today and enjoy your flight later later tonight.
2: Yeah, it's going to be fun, to our boy Park. Bye, bye. Thanks, Have a great John. Day.
1: You too, John Ross. All things technology joins us once a month here on Wednesdays on WHBY. Your CBS and local news updates just moments away. Good afternoon and welcome back. It is Focus Fox Valley on WHBY. Fun, community minded conversations right here, emphasizing the people and the organizations that help make the Fox Valley thrive. Everyone is welcome. We are so glad that you have joined us. My name is Haley Tenpass. I'm broadcasting today from the Myron Construction Studios here at WHBY. And we've got a first alert forecast check-in coming up in less than 30 minutes, so stick around for that. Right now, though, we are updating you on all things, all things Community First, uh, Fox Cities Marathon. And this is such a fun event. We are so lucky to have it in our, in our backyards. And maybe you are participating in one of the races during race weekend. Let's talk about it. We're bringing in today the Fox Cities Marathon race Director Tara Perry this afternoon. Good afternoon, Tara, how are you today? I'm great, Haley. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Love getting these check-ins with you as we inch closer and closer to, to race weekend. And we've received some really exciting news this weekend, some great news, as uh, it seems that people are very interested in getting signed up for that marathon. So let's start there, Tara, because uh, the marathon is full. That's great news.
4: It is great news. So, the Community First Fox Cities Marathon, we just had to close it because we've had an um, overwhelming response from folks that want to get back out and run our course. The other races are filling up fast too. So, you know, I'm really just encouraging people to, to get registered. So, the State of Care Half Marathon at 70%, our OSI Relay Marathon still has some room at 30%. Our new Shields 10K is already almost at 60% full. The Ascension 5K is about 40% full. And then our two kids' events have plenty of room. So we have the Guardian Kids Fun Run back at the Timber Rattler Stadium on Friday of race weekend. And then our Huggies Diaper Dash and Toddler Trot is actually virtual this year. So we have so much going on and so many ways for people to get involved. Fantastic. Were you surprised,
1: Tara, that the marathon filled up this this quickly?
4: We had a hunch that it was going to be filling up. Uh, We didn't know how quickly. You know, people had a pent up demand for in person racing. Mm-hmm. So that, that was really what the hunch was based on. And I'm so glad that people have, have you know, carried through with uh, their desire to race in person again.
1: Yeah. So, how many racers will we have doing the marathon
4: on race day? So, between um, the in person race and virtual, we'll have right around 650 marathoners. Wow. Wow. That's going to be a sight.
3: It is. I can't wait.
1: Fantastic. So uh, there, that that is all full up, um, but there are still plenty of other options for people looking to participate in the race weekend because it really is a, a full weekend here, Tara. You know, people are... are involved, you know, Friday, maybe with the kiddos and maybe, you know, mom races on Saturday and, and dad races Sunday. It's really a whole family event that people can get involved in. But let's take let's talk through the weekend because uh, Saturday is a race day, too. You've got the, the 5K on Saturday and the 10K, which is new this year, correct?
4: Correct. Yeah, so you're absolutely right. We like to say that we have a race for every pace, every age. Uh, we start out on Friday at the timber Rattler Stadium, so that's September 17th. And that's where our kids are able to come out for the Guardian Kids Fun Run. Um, exciting news this year, we have Chick-fil-A is um, supplying nuggets for the kids at the event. We have a new sponsor for our school challenge. We have McCain Foods helping out with that. So there's lots of really fun ways for kids to get involved. Again, the the virtual Diaper Dash and Toddler Trot is happening. And we're partnering with a, a couple of local daycares just to see if we can't bring that to them so that they can, you know, enjoy that activity around um, kids that they're around every day anyway. So that'll be fun. Saturday, we make our way to Riverside Park, and that's where we have the Ascension 5K. That has a a charitable twist to it as well. Um, $5 from every entry goes to the St. Elizabeth Cancer Foundation Fund. Um, So, you know, not only are you doing something great for yourself, um, and your family, you're also helping with, um, you know, re- cancer research and funding and all of that fun stuff with, that goes along with that. You can bring your dogs. You can bring strollers. It's, it's a great event. And then adding to the fun on Saturday, we have our brand-new Shields 10K, and that's something that, you know, we knew was a gap between our 5K and our half, and now we're excited to, to fill that up and, and give people that natural progression into a longer distance. And then of course Sunday we have our signature event. We're celebrating thirty years of the community first Fox Cities Marathon. The Theta Care Half Marathon is also that day. And then of course our OSI of the Fox Valley, the relay marathon. So we just it's so much fun. Uh, I just I cannot wait.
1: Yeah, me too. Although I will say, Tara, I, I signed up for the 5K. And it's been a while. It's been a few years since I've ran a 5K. And I looked at the calendar last week and thought to myself, "Oh, you got to get moving, girl. You got to get moving. <laughs> Start those training runs for that for that weekend." So, speaking of training runs, Tara, how are things going uh, with people maybe training for the for the full or the half or even you know the 5K and 10K? You
4: know, really great, and um, I'm. I- such a great segue, because I was going to say, well, we have a training program for you, Haley. (laughs) Um, So thanks to our partners at Fleet Feet here in the Fox Cities, they have come up with a new training run series for our 5K participants and our 10K participants. And they kick off on Thursday uh, at Riverside Park. So not tomorrow, but the next week. Um, And those will be three weeks in a row, all at Riverside Park. They'll feature um, different distances along the race the race courses themselves, so you get familiar with that. It's completely free. Um, they have Brooks coming in to to do some demonstrations. They have prizes to give away, and they have a really sweet running um, tank top that they're giving to folks for attending two out of the three sessions. So we're really, really excited about that addition. And then, you know, our marathon and half marathon um folks have been training since late May. And our, you know, our running club, the Pace Setters of the Fox Cities has just been doing an excellent job supporting that effort. And those continue every Saturday morning at 7am at uh, Runaway Shoes. So all of this is on our training runs information on the website, but there's so many opportunities and resources for folks to get involved.
1: We love it. Where's the best place for people to go, Tara, once again, if they want to look into details on those training runs uh, for the remainder of time until
4: race day? Yeah, so on the Fox Cities Marathon website, it's foxcitiesmarathon.org, we have a whole training section, so you can get information on training runs, training events, the training guide I forgot to mention from ThetaCare. Um, You know, you can see our pace team information, running etiquette, so there's all sorts of good stuff. So it's just org train. And that training guide from Theta Care you
1: mentioned, Tara, that is fantastic for uh, some great stretches on there for warm-ups and cool-downs and, and kind of gets you in the right mentality for taking care of yourself while, while doing those
4: training runs as well. Absolutely, yeah. It's more than just the running piece. They, mm-hmm. they really have thought through everything to help assist folks that are um, tackling a new distance or, or maybe just starting to walk or run.
1: Fantastic. We're talking with Tara Perry today with the Fox Cities Marathon race director. And we're going to take a break here. But when we come back, let's look at volunteer opportunities. You can volunteer and cheer on some folks as they are running the course. We'll get you those details coming up. <music> Focus Fox Valley is back getting you up to date with everything you need to know about the upcoming Community First Fox Cities Marathon taking place September 17th through the 19th. And again, their, their website for details, foxcitysmarathon.org. We're talking with Tar Perry, the race director for the marathon. And out. how are you doing volunteer wise? Are you still
4: looking for help during race weekend? you know, we're do- looking really good, but we are still looking for help. So, you know, there's a couple key areas that, you know, we would really love to have some more helpful hands along, and they're mostly along our course. So one of the positions that we are looking still to fill is on Saturday and Sunday, and we call it course marshals. And really what that means is you're part cheerleader and cheer honor of all of the participants so you um, have an intersection that you're responsible for, and as runners are going by, you're helping guide them along the course so that they make sure that they're going down the right path. Um, you're also there to help spectators and the neighbors that are along the course because even though we do our best to notify um, all the neighborhoods along our route, you know, people forget and sometimes they they come up to an intersection and don't know which way to turn. And so these volunteers are some of our most crucial and, you know, just the friendly faces out there to help us really guide, um, you know, the participants, the spectators and the neighbors.
1: Yeah. And it really helps in the safety of things too. And uh, what better job than cheering on on the runners? (laughs) That sounds like a lot of fun.
4: It is a lot of fun. And, you know, I think, you know, the name sometimes scares people, but it's really actually a really fun (laughs) job. I, I did it as part of a cross country team back in the day when my daughter was, uh, running for Appleton West, so you know we would we would camp out on our our corner and and have a lot of fun with it, and it it goes by really fast because you have constant people going by you that you're cheering for, so it's it's a lot of fun.
1: And where can people go if they want to volunteer to become a course marshal or maybe take a look at other volunteer opportunities?
4: Yeah, so on Fox dot org, if you just do a slash volunteer, you'll find all of the information about volunteering. And, you know, and if course Marshall's not your thing, we do have opportunities for setup and teardown. Uh, you can work at the kids' event. Um, you can be a pre-event greeter. You know, there's so many things. And even this year, we have a couple opportunities still for water station sponsors. And so what we do with those water stations are some of our most um, sought-after volunteer opportunities because we do a whole theme and a contest for can you know do the most crazy presentation for our runners and walkers as they go by um, this year we're doing the 90s theme because we are celebrating 30 years so if there's anybody out there that's looking for a great way to promote your business um, you know we do have a couple of spots available yet for sponsorship and you get first dibs at that awesome volunteer role yes and
1: as a runner I will say seeing those those f- faces of people cheering you on at those water stations and the, the hilarity that sometimes accompanies these people and their creativity and in, in following these themes, it it can make the race a lot brighter. It really can.
4: Oh, I know. They're they're amazing. I mean, I, I can't wait to see what people come up with. I mean, we've had, you know, I think it was Quick Trip. Um, they're our amazing volunteer sponsor. I think the last, in 2019, they were out there as like minions and, and all of that from the, the movie Despicable Me. Mm-hmm. Um, so you just never know what you're going to see coming up on a water station.
1: You never know. I love that. <laughs> Tara, as we wrap things up here today, I know that we are, a lot of organizations are, are keeping tabs on, on COVID-19. And I'm just curious, where can we go to learn more? Or is there anything we need to know about COVID-19 safety protocols leading up to the big race weekend?
4: You know, thanks for asking for about that because we are closely monitoring it. We're working with our race medical director, Dr. Mark Westfall. He keeps in touch with um, some of the biggest events in the country like the Chicago Marathon, New York Marathon. So we have a tremendous resource in our community in Dr. Westfall. Um, under our race weekend area on the website, we have a whole page dedicated just to COVID-19 safety protocols. And really what we're focusing on is, you know, the big three of you know that, that strategy of masks, social distancing and good hand hygiene. Because we're an outdoor event, um, the masking part is going to be minimal um, at this point in time. Uh, we do have generous gifts from many of our sponsors though. They, they chipped in and got a special gift for all of the participants, um, a, a, a running gator. So it's something you can wear on your neck or your head and you can use it as a face covering. So, you know, we've got that as our main uh, strategy for the participants. Uh, We have extra hand sanitizer on the course. So right now we are doing our best to keep everybody safe and updated, and that is the best way is to go to our website in that section and just check out what we've got going on for protocols.
1: Fantastic. Great information there, Tara. And again, the Fox Cities Marathon website in general can answer pretty much any question you might have about race day. But we're glad that Tara is here with us to kind of fill in those gaps as well. We are inching closer. Did I say did I see 29 days until race weekend,
4: Tara? My goodness. I know it's crazy, you know, and one other resource for people is our new app. So we've been working with um, Fiserv as our technology sponsor and so we have a new um, enhanced race app that's going to help people keep track of, you know, where their people are on course so that, you know, if you, if you roll up on a place where it looks too packed and you want to maybe spread out from a social distancing standpoint, you can easily find another spot. Um, it's, we're going to have some live streaming available of the start line for sure, and we're still exploring how we can share more of the, the finish line experience so if people don't want to hang out around a crowd, they can they can watch from wherever they have access to a live stream.
1: Fantastic. Well, we will check in with you, Tara, one more time before race weekend to hear the very latest on on all things marathon. But a lot of great information shared today. So thank you again for being with us. And if people want to visit the marathon website Marathon All the details and everything we talked about can be found there as well. Tara, thank you again for being with us today. Thank you, Haley. Tara Perry, race director for the Community First Fox Cities Marathon coming up September 17th through the 19th. Again, foxcitiesmarathon.org for details. We're checking in on that forecast next. Welcome back. This is Focus Fox Valley on WHBY. We love being able to check in on volunteering opportunities, and that's why every other week we talk with Volunteer Fox Cities to highlight ways that you can give back to our community. But today we're dealing with a little celebration and a way to celebrate those of you who take time to Give your time and your talents to organizations. We're talking all about this year's F- Volunteer Fox Cities Give Back Bash. And Brad Creighton is joining us today. Community engagement and events with Volunteer Fox Cities. He's on the line with us. Good afternoon, Brad. How are you today?
0: Great, Haley. How are you doing? I'm
1: doing well, but I understand that you are getting ready for a party. How's the planning going?
0: <laughs> it's uh, it's going great. The uh, The last-minute details are all getting checked off. And uh, listening to that weather forecast, we're grateful that you guys ordered up the uh, the summer weather for us. So it should be a, a great day for the uh, Give Back Bash tomorrow.
1: Absolutely. So fill us in here on, on, on the history of this event and talk with us how and why you decided to throw a Give Back Bash this year.
0: Well, one of the things that is so amazing about this area and the people here is just the hearts and the amount of volunteering that really takes place. And we hear that from the nonprofits we work with all the time. So we really wanted to create an event that is just really a way to celebrate all things volunteering. And uh, we, we started putting the plans in place for this last year. And, of course, with the, the year we had, uh, it had to get bumped to this year. But we're, we're really just excited to be able to have a chance to get together as a community and to just celebrate the great things that volunteers are doing throughout. Uh, It's really a fun time where we're going to start the afternoon with uh, some volunteer projects. So we've got about 150 volunteers uh, in the afternoon that are going out to 12 different nonprofit locations throughout the whole area, and they're going to do three hours of volunteering from like 12.30 to 3.30. And then everybody's coming back after those projects uh, over to the Fox City Stadium, and that's when the bash is going to begin. Uh, and the bash is great because it's open to everyone, to not just those volunteers, but everybody who is excited about volunteering, wants to celebrate volunteering. And it's just going to be a blast. We're going to have uh, food trucks. We're going to have a concert with uh, the band Annex. We're going to have um, different events, a beer tasting event. We're going to have a uh, nonprofit carnival where we've got 15 of our area nonprofits coming in to run carnival games uh, with a chance to win prizes. And it's just going to be a fun celebration.
1: Yeah, it's almost like a party with a purpose here, Brad, because you can have some fun. You can celebrate, you know, giving back and and volunteering. But it's also an opportunity to talk with some of those nonprofits and and see where their needs are. Is that correct?
0: Absolutely. So all of the nonprofits that are there in our festival, the carnival, sorry, they're going to have a a, a carnival game that you get to play. And, And while you're playing that, yeah, you get a chance to learn about who they are, what they do, and some of the volunteer opportunities that they have. Um, available right now and, and and a great need for so it really is a good chance to kind of learn more about something maybe you didn't know was going on in in our community in a way that you could give to those uh, nonprofits as well
1: and take us back you mentioned uh the give back is the give back bus in play here is this what's transporting these volunteers for those uh volunteer projects around the area
0: it is, and so in many ways, this is uh, the return of the Give Back Bus. Yeah. Since, uh Since it had been parked, uh, since COVID kind of came around, uh, we're using the bash as kind of the big return of the Give Back Bus. So not all, uh, because, you know, we know that some people still have uh, some concerns about getting in a bus setting, but, but most of the volunteers are hopping on the Give Back Bus to go to their projects. Um, and it's really great because um, – they really get to be a part of that whole mystery. That's one of the things we love about the give back buses, everyone hopping on. They don't know where they're going or what they're going to be doing this week. They've been getting clues uh, via email uh, from our mystery headquarters, kind of giving them hints about where they're going and what they might be doing, but until they get on that bus and get dropped off, they're not going to know exactly what their project is.
1: And that's always my next question for you, Brad. <laughs> Are you disclosing any of these locations, but you're tight-lipped and, and keeping it a surprise for those volunteers?
0: I mean... I'm pretty sure they can figure it out, but yeah, we, are, we, we, everybody's always a little tricky and tries different ways to ask and find out where they're going, but uh-huh. we are as tight-lipped as we can be.
1: All right. Well, we're talking with Brad Creighton today uh, all about tomorrow's Give Back Bash. This is something that the whole family is invited out to check out from 4 until 9 o'clock tomorrow afternoon at Fox City Stadium where the Timber Rattlers stadium there's food there is carnival style booths Nonprofits there to talk with um and again just really celebrating volunteering and the volunteers that have given their time and talents to so many different organizations over the last year or last two years and where are we at brad in regards to volunteer opportunities in the area are you still seeing a big need for for help right now
0: absolutely um I, I think even still now more than ever, um, all all sorts of agencies are looking. You know, we just—I got a couple calls uh, yesterday from from some of our members that uh, are looking for folks. That I'd be happy to share those specific opportunities if uh, if anyone's interested in. Uh, one is with yeah. the uh, the Hearthstone Museum. Uh, if, uh, if you're not familiar with them, they're in Appleton, and that's the uh, the first house in the country that was lit by uh, hydroelectric uh, electricity. Uh, and they're having a garden party to kind of celebrate. They just went through a huge, massive uh, uh, refurbishment um, for for their museum there, and they're celebrating that. So they're looking, volu- looking for volunteers to help out with that on August 28th. Um, in the uh in the evening if that's something that you're interested in helping with um and then we've got uh another great opportunity that just came in with uh Outagame county uh nutrition program they're kind of uh they've always been going throughout COVID, helping folks get uh get the food that they they need um, but right now they're working on um, getting their in-person meal service uh going again so um they need a couple extra volunteers because they're going to do in-person and carry out during those sites. Um, So they're looking for folks, especially at their Seymour and uh, Cacana locations uh, for serving those meals in the, in the takeout. So that's another great opportunity.
1: Okay. So if those maybe ring a bell for you, if you want to volunteer for Hearthstone museums, uh, is it their summer garden party on August 28th?
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. Okay. Um, And, um I you can if, if you're interested in that, you can either reach out to us here at Volunteer Fox Cities, we can give you the information, or you can call and ask for Tom at the Hearthstone. His number is 730-8204.
1: We'll make sure to put these details on our website, WHBY.com. You can always find them though by visiting the Volunteer Fox Cities website. They've got these opportunities and dozens and dozens more or maybe check out tomorrow's Give Back Bash and talk with some of those organizations that are present to see where their needs are at currently. It's really going to be a fun day tomorrow, Brad. What are you looking forward to about uh, about tomorrow's Give Back Bash?
0: You know, we can already tell that there's just a great energy uh, about the bash and celebrating the volunteering. So I am just looking forward to hearing the stories of Um, what people have been able to do and how they are giving back to the community. And I'm looking forward to talking to uh, the nonprofits that are there and hearing about the connections that they're making. And, uh, I mean, really, I just want to personally invite all of your listeners that uh, whether you've volunteered or not before, come out, celebrate with us, talk to the nonprofits, find out ways that you can uh, connect. They've got all sorts of opportunities, no matter how much time you have to give whether it be 15 minutes or 15 hours you know whatever that may be Uh, but come out and join us we would love to have you be a part of it
1: check it out tomorrow it's the give back bash thursday august 19th parking lot of fox cities stadium plenty of room to space out and, and check things out grab a bite and check out some of these volunteering needs here in the fox valley brad creighton always a pleasure to talk with you thanks for taking a few minutes to check in with us
0: Absolutely, Haley. It's great talking to you as well.
1: Thanks, Brad. Brad Creighton, Community Engagement and Events with Volunteer Fox Cities. And again, tomorrow is the Give Back Bash from 4 until 9 o'clock at Fox Cities Stadium. Check it out. Volunteering needs are always happening here in Northeast Wisconsin. Let's take a short break. We'll let you know what's coming up on a Thursday edition of the show right after this. Welcome back to Focus Fox Valley. You know, I'd say it's a great day to support local businesses and save some money too, all with WHBY's big deals. Visit WHBY.com, click on the big deals link, and you can find gift cards and certificates up to 30% off. You can shop. Uh, for for lunch or dinner or date night, perhaps, we've got some great food and beverage stops. Glass Nickel Pizza, New York Deli, The Village Grill, La Java, Egg Rolls, Inc., The Hawk's Nest, Simple Simon Bakery, Wine Cellar, 314 Pizza, and so much more. So shop local. You can save money all with WHBY's big deals. Check it out. All right, I'm getting hungry. And uh, I'm always looking for a good cup of coffee or maybe a sweet treat. And on Friday, if you are looking for those things as well, uh, you can also benefit uh, a great cause in Special Olympics, Wisconsin. So happening this Friday, August 20th, the ninth annual Coffee for Champions event. This is taking place from 5 a.m. until noon at participating Dunkin' Donuts or Dunkin' locations across the area. And uh, law enforcement officials, they will be stationed at participating Dunkin' locations across Wisconsin, and they are collecting money for the law enforcement torch run to benefit Special Olympics. And over the years, over the nine years that this event has been going on, They've raised more than $350,000 for Special Olympics Wisconsin. So if you are grabbing a cup of coffee or grabbing some donuts on your way to work Friday morning, you're stopping at Dunkin', you're knowing that the money's going to a good cause, so check it out. I do know that two participating locations in the area, uh, the one over on County Road KK in Appleton is participating, as well as the spot in De Pere at 950 Main Avenue, Suite A. So check it out. If you uh, donate to Coffee for Champions, you also get a coupon for a free donut. And guests who donate $10 or more receive a coupon for a free medium hot coffee. And it's all going back to Special Olympics Wisconsin. So pretty cool. Wanted to share that with all of you in case you're looking to grab a cup of coffee on Friday morning. Here's what's coming up on your Thursday edition of Focus Fox Valley tomorrow. Tim Gerke joins us in our number one of the show, and we're talking all things Social Security. So your time to check in, call in with questions. Tim is here to answer those. Jackie Gellings also might be joining in from the Oshkosh office. So a wealth of knowledge. They are here for you to answer those questions and to share some really good information in regards to Social Security. Also on your Thursday, the Bulk Price Food Shop joining in. And we've got a fun one for you. This is one that actually is in the back of my mind as we are looking to take a little road trip with our kids very soon. And we are going to look at some great snacking opportunities and how you can kind of DIY your own snack kits. And we'll share uh, with Brenda from the Bulk Price Food Shop what they have in store. You would not believe what you are able to put into these snack kits. You probably could color coordinate (laughs) these snack kits for your family, for your kiddos, if you really wanted to based on all the goodies they have at the bulk price food shop. So Brenda will check in with us on your Thursday. And for those of you maybe looking to do a little shopping sometime soon, uh, Beautiful Things Boutique will, will call in and we'll talk more about what you can find in store, some of the fashion they've got in store, some exciting details too about their locations. So Beautiful Things Boutique is checking in on your Thursday as well. It will be a very very busy day and i hope that you are able to join us my thanks to all of our guests from this wednesday edition though of focus fox valley to the fox cities marathon folks we also had the chance to talk with volunteer fox cities and john ross all things technology some great conversations today thanks for being part of it we'll see you back here tomorrow though starting at 11 and until then have a lovely day